Yeah, and and really, right now, as it stands, if you ask me how long a break we should have, I think the answer is just sleep now, sleep forever. <laughs> Merry Christmas and welcome to the Downloadable Concept Podcast. Being distributed on a shiny Dreamcast CD, it's Fox Lee Christmas Nights into Dreams Edition. You can put me in your CD-ROM drive to access bonus content. On a dark, stubby, black, three-and-a-half-inch floppy, hiding away with holiday hair, it's Jeb Wrench. I'm the perfect stocking stuffer. And I came on two five-and-a-quarter-inch floppies, but there are lots of lemmings that want to explode in here. It's Alan Lee. <laughs> Hooray, it's Christmas. Christmas! <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> I, I'm still momentarily baffled by Talon's particular intro. You don't you don't remember Christmas um, Lemmings? I never had Christmas Lemmings. I had the demo of Lemmings, which was one level long. Yeah. And you had to well, blow Christmas... off that one guy to finish it, so I was like, I don't want to play this. It makes me kill little people. Mm. Christmas Lemmings is Lemmings, but they have Santa hats. Yep. <laughs> and all the music is Santry. <laughs> And crucially, there's no real difficulty curve in the Christmas <laughs> Lemmings. They just <laughs> kind of start you midway through the game. So if you're, say, seven... <laughs> oh, so there are, it does at least have new levels in it. Are you saying yeah. it was just the same as the original Lemmings, but with little hats and Christmas No, with Santa hats. No, that would were, be dodgy as fuck. There were a couple of levels that were just reskins of existing <laughs> existing Lemmings levels. But again, I was... I was uh, when the first one came out, I was eight years old. And the next <laughs> three, like, I was 11 by the time they came out. I was never good at Lemmings. Lemmings, nah. and these were given out more or less free. So it's like, hey, it's a free video game that you're terrible at. <laughs> Eventually, you just got sick of it and blew all of them up because it's something to do. <laughs> little bastards, little bastards won't obey my commands. Quick, because <laughs> they held their little heads and they wailed, and they were clearly very distressed to be exploded. When we had a PC speaker, they were actually not all that. It was just kind of an odd little animation. You didn't quite get what was going on in our family. Then we got an ad lib speaker, and they go oh, no. and explode. <laughs> I'm just, I'm talking about the DOS one. Yeah. Like, there, there was no voicing in this, but they clearly, they, they conveyed distress very well with that little animation. That made me feel way too bad about it to kill any of them. Yeah. I, I like critters. I, if I'm going to blow something up in a video game, I like it to be people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't find them less likable. What, what, what a wonderful sentence. <laughs> Happy holidays, blow up people. <laughs> so, hey, Fox, person who likes blowing up people. I what... didn't say that, I just said I'd rather blow up a human than a dog. Well, reasonable. But what cruel and terrible violent simulators have you been playing this week? I, I've been playing cute picture puzzles. <laughs> I, yeah, I played nothing but Pokemon Picross. <laughs> blowing up all of those blocks. No! <laughs> They can't be blown up because you can always, like, turn them on or off again if you made a mistake. So they must still be there. That's a new one every time. No, it's not. It's it's a little, you know, mass slaughter of tiny little blocks. Every time you click one on or off, one dies and has to be replaced. You have to stop this now. Okay, I'm stopping this now. (laughs) Not falling for it, but you have to stop anyway because you're very annoying. (laughs) This is very silly. Let's let's go on. Hey, Jeb, you been playing anything this week? I've been playing... Xenoblade Chronicles X. I understand that's an anime. It's anime as fuck. Uh, it's really anime. It's a JRPG, an action JRPG, I suppose you'd say, huh. where you've crash landed on an alien planet and you're helping to rebuild the last blah de blah human race blah de blah. Yeah. <laughs> 
but the world is huge and gorgeous and full of giant animals, and I want to pet them all. Ooh, that's really because strong. Because they're not—they're not all—they're not, all, not all hostile animals. So you can just run around with a giant, like a patasaurus-sized fungus Ooh. bug, and just run around and pick up like sticks and stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. I may have to get this. <laughs> I I was sort of not bothering with uh, any of the Xenoblades because I was all yeah okay I I like JRPGs and stuff but really who's got the time for another one but that I I really like just giant beasties that aren't necessarily trying to eat my face I will say if you do get a JRPG it's nice to get one that's got enough of a variety of content that you can really fall into it. <laughs> Well, variety isn't necessarily what gets me to fall into a game, true, I think is true. the problem here. Hyrule Warriors consume you <laughs> on the basis of, here, are, here is a woman who will stuff Link in a jar. <laughs> Actually, I hate playing with the Great Fairy. She's oh, okay. so hard to use. Ah, oh, really difficult. Deeply confusing. But yeah, that and, and the other thing that ate giant chucks of my time this year was Atelier, which is not the least repetitive game in the world. <laughs> And a bunch of free-to-play puzzle games. Also not renowned for their variety. Well, Xenoblade does, in fact, have a lot of variety. You can go on on missions to collect bugs, or you can go hunt animals, or you can help people with their problems in town. There's a lot of stuff to do, and the the world exploration in it is really fun, because there is such a huge variety of giant and tiny animals everywhere (laughs) to encounter and possibly run away from because it might actually be a Satan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, um, okay, okay, new question. How many cute friends can I recruit to come and live in my treehouse? Because Suikin had kind of spoiled me with like 102 of them. (laughs) 108, isn't it? It's a lot. Fakey girl. (laughs) Well, there, there are a few NPCs that you can recruit into your party. But there's also all the people online Ooh. who can hang out with you. Ooh. Just, just, they'll, they'll spawn either, like, in the game world, and you can recruit them to hang out with you for a while, or they'll just be in your barracks hanging out. Sweet! <laughs> Hold on, does, does this mean one gets to create one's own character? One does, in fact, create one's own Ooh. character. Ooh. Anime as fuck world where I get to make my own character and it's a game worth playing. Shit, I think I have to get this. It sounds and, like it's very you. But, <laughs> and, uh, right off the bat, you have a system to, uh, where you can re, where you can change the, the visual, like, you can, uh, in Final Fantasy XIV, they call it glamouring, change the way your armor looks so that, you know, it looks nicer. Transmogging. So it's not a bunch nice. of mismatch. Transmogging, yeah. You can do that right off the bat. Yes, good. That should be just, if you're gonna have gear in your game, that should be a requirement as far as I'm concerned. I'm not saying That's you need stupid. to have gear in your game. I, but I'm gonna talk about City of Heroes again if you don't stop me. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on from that. <laughs> yes. If you want to have gear, you should you should let people recolor it and replace its appearance and all that junk because clown shoes suck. Uh, you can, no matter how much your gear is mixed and matched, you can always just go into your fashion gear and change your, your outward appearance. Fashion gear. I love it. <laughs> You, you can fashion you can fashion souls the hell out of this game. I'm just nice. imagining Let's... how snotty WoW players would have been if they called it fashion when they introduced transmogging. Oh yeah. <laughs> hell, they've, they've called the new thing to store your transmog content uh, the wardrobe, and there are a bunch of players who are snooty about. Well, that doesn't fit with a war theme. <laughs> yes, it does. It's right in the name. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I do like I do like that uh, that the, the Dark Souls community has come up with the term "fashion souls." Yeah, 
I appreciate that. I really do. Um, oh, when you're choosing your, your character's voice, because they have, you know, random battle things they say, even though your character forgets kind of how to talk, like, doesn't talk in any of the cutscenes, instead, <laughs> when you choose, like, yes or no, it's either nod your head or shrug your shoulders and look away. <laughs> But they have little battle quit quits and stuff like that, like move into melee range and blah blah blah. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you when you choose your voice, it's not just says man one, man two, woman one, woman two. <sighs> it actually tells you not only the kind of voice it is, but also the voice actor's name. Yeah, well, that's kind of, pretty cool. Um, does one have to run dub voices just to check? Uh, I don't know because I don't play games in Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I I play with the English dub when I play Hyperdimension Neptunia, <laughs> and that game's dub is awful. Yes, yes, it is. I respect other really people's preferences. Bad. I just I have a very low dub cheese threshold. We're talking like I I love the hell out of Hyrule Warriors, but I am highly uh, concerned about picking up any other Warriors games. On the other hand, the the the, the setting itself is highly Americanized. Like it even takes place on a the the city you're building on the new planet is called New LA. <laughs> That's okay, I can deal with that. It's not about an appropriateness thing. It's it's strictly a case of I really don't like most English voice acting in games. It can be good. I, I'm not denying it can be good, but usually I, I don't find that it is. Well, I don't know if it, you can listen to it in Japanese or not, but it's still good. <laughs> it's still good voice acting, at least. Actually, it's not painful to listen to, and there's uh, lots of... I really don't like Tatsu, the, the the cute mascot character, because this is, of course, a fucking JRPG. Yeah, <laughs> Of course! But at least he's a capitalist cute <laughs> mascot character, and he's an asshole. <laughs> so I can respect that. <laughs> also I can respect that the Yeah, kind of fun. I, I, I respect that the cute, ass, the cute mascot is an asshole. I respect that. I don't like him, and I'm glad that one of the party member wants to, members always wants to eat him. Because he looks like a turnip. <laughs> I see. So I'm getting there's a lot of personality and character in this game. The uh, the the 13 year old um, mechanic girl who you know works on the, the 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 robots. Yeah. Because anime. Yeah. Um, she writes fan fiction about the the transforming robots. You're gonna say she writes fan fiction on two of the boy party members. Well, no, 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 no. She she's into the robots. Robots are cool too. Boys are gross. <laughs> No, people are gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's not blow this out of proportion. Let's, you know, she likes the robots. That's what she wants. And, and we're robots. back to if I'm killing things in a video game. <laughs> all right, then. And uh, that's pretty much all I've been playing this week. <laughs> that's just a good recommendation. <laughs> Sounds good. Just fuck. I don't want to play anything else. I just want to play that. It's already <laughs> been on Nintendo Christmas special. Damn feel very bad at missing Being this. and gone. They're all only one day things, which yeah. as far as I'm concerned isn't long enough to work out if I can afford to spend that much money on a game. Yeah, it's it a bit of a... Came out, it only came out two weeks ago. Yeah. It will come down in time. Oh, it's sure, sure. No game. It never, they never do. True. <laughs> Except when they occasionally have these flash sales. Yes. Which occasionally result in things like Devil Survivor selling for $5. I'm glad they finally fucking worked out that if you have an online store, you need to do specials. There's just no two ways about it. Yeah. You can't just have your stuff at full price all the goddamn time and expect people to care. Anyway. So, Talon, your turn. Um, well, so... I heard you, I heard you play Netrunner. <laughs> <laughs> I don't own Netrunner. And there's the sound of the mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a jab! No, um... 
I played... Well, yeah, this week I played a bunch of middleware because, oh my goodness, the middleware <laughs> prints arrived and it looks really good. Well, when we say played... <laughs> yeah, true. Everyone else in the group played and Talon was the GM, effectively. I was, well, there is no GM in middleware, yeah. but Talon will GM anything. <laughs> he will make it possible. Well, people were playing middleware and I was guiding them through the rules because <laughs> it's a new game and none of them have ever played it before. And it was so exciting to watch it happen because people picked types of ways to, to build their characters and they all played really distinctly based on what they chose to build which is really cool <laughs> I, w- I was really really happy with it and it did mean that towards the end of the game the overload player which is the mechanic of basically just drowning your enemy signals and stuff the overload player was literally picking up her deck and just going bam 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 okay yeah uh, I've got 21 <laughs> raid strength is that good <laughs> yeah that's that's quite a lot that's a big number that's a, that's a, that's a number. That's <laughs> a, a number. As far as, you know, video games have been concerned, I played a little bit more of Teleglitch, and then I closed it and I opened Hotline Miami again. <laughs> I thought you finally kicked the habit. <laughs> it's, more that, it's more that playing Teleglitch, I was like, is <sighs> the comparisons between this and Hotline Miami are feeling really wonky. Maybe it's been too long since I played Hotline Miami 1. Maybe I don't understand. No, actually, no, Hotline Miami is just way, way better than Teleglitch. <laughs> Not not to not to dunk on Teleglitch, it's a perfectly interesting game, which is usually what you could say about anything Paradox Publish, but yeah, it don't compare it to Hotline Miami. They have only a camera angle in common. Uh, I also played some more of Downwell and a little bit more of Life is Strange. I'll be probably ah. doing a blogcast on that. The blog, the blog post. Yeah. And then you thought, well, Life is Strange is interesting, but I wonder if I have a useful perspective on it. I better double check and play Hotline Miami again. <laughs> well, one of them is more like my teenage years than the other. <laughs> I'm going to guess that the one that's like, you're, are you talking about the characters in Life is Strange or the games? Actually, really weird thing about Life is Strange is just how often marijuana comes up as this very casual thing. I was stunned. Is that what, is that what the pot is like? Is that how people treat it? That's, yeah. <laughs> Even I know that. It's like, you know, let's go smoke uh, um, some weed in the bathroom between classes. But doesn't that mean you have another class later? Don't you need to yeah. not be on the drugs at that point? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not very child, good. I have much to teach you. <laughs> I'm not very good at teen culture. Frankly, I, I was as naive as you about the drugs, probably. But I worked out pot when I found out that my mother and her two sisters, who are like... <laughs> 46 and 50 at this point went and had a pot smoking weekend. <laughs> like, it's hey, like, oh, let's that's go actually have a girls weekend. What are we going to do? Uh, weed, obviously. <laughs> going to get high and... Weed and up shopping. <laughs> yeah. Um, beyond that, there's been mostly a couple of experiments in games of trying to start games and then going, oh no, I can't be buggered, continue. Uh, one of which was, uh, and this is very sad for me, I played the System Shock Enhanced Edition. Uh-huh. And the Enhanced Edition improves the interface of that game a great deal. Uh-huh. It's It still looks like balls. It's still... <laughs> It's, it's the ultimate underworld level design and combat system. Like, that game blew my mind when it came out, but I have become so used to much better, much more refined interfaces and <laughs> systems 
a user experience that works. Yeah. And <laughs> and honestly, going back to System Shock, it's more a sort of dizzied or like how much of the screen is taken up by the interface. So System Shock One was not one of those horror games where you don't want to improve the, the UI no. and the quality of life and whatnot because that would ruin the, the frantic appeal of, of That would make it easy. Well, possibly, yeah. Like well, System Shock One had I I'm I actually resistant to calling it a horror game because it really feels much more like someone in the development team said, hey, can we make an under- Ultima Underworld game, but like in space, maybe? Oh, wow. Okay, that's that's very different to what I thought it was. And System Shock 2 is, all right, we have the established idea of System Shock 1. Now we're going to make a very creepy... Huh. Again, I'm reluctant to call System Shock 2 a horror game because it's kind of like it really it's kind of just this stilting early FPS RPG thing we had going on at that point in time. Yeah, but it's, but it's definitely an isolationist horror, horror kind of angle. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. You're right. And basically any game where a nurse figure lurches at you with blades while while chanting babies need their sleep. Ah. It's probably a horror game. She's a robot nurse if that helps. No. No. <laughs> Nice timing, Jeff. Oh, like and, and by the way... And also, she's a midwife, thank you. Yes, you're right. A midwife could be a nurse. Well, there's more specific. I'm just specifying she's actually... The, the, she's referred to as a midwife. Yep. It does give her more of a reason to care about babies, I guess. And by the way, fan models of System Shock 2. The midwife doesn't need robo-titties. Oh, good grief. Nope. <laughs> don't, don't do that shit. Knock it off. Christ. Yeah, crucially, midwife, not wet nurse. Ew. There's a sentence I just... There's just a word I don't like coming up. Just because... Are you sure a robot wet nurse is just a bottle? (laughs) (laughs) Just just putting that out there. Yeah, but so there there was also a little bit of play of... Um, Void and Meddler, which looks really interesting, very bright, neon grunge, cyberpunk aesthetic about wiping memories. It looks like a good game in that $5 category, Mm -hmm. um, but I couldn't get into it at the time, and I got interrupted, so when I came back to my computer, I was like, what was I doing? I can't remember. So clearly Void and Meddler didn't (laughs) How ironic! Oh, yeah. (laughs) What you didn't realize is it's under a Shaolin (laughs) card. Sorry. Look. Hey, I'm just going to make in-jokes on the podcast that make no sense to people who haven't honey, been following 30,000 people retweeted the RZA saying, I've got the urge to call Bill Murray. Trust me, it is not an in-joke. <laughs> it's It's gone full meme. <laughs> yeah, someone needs to get these people together and put them in a video game, because it doesn't matter what they do with it at that point. The Wu-Tang people are Clan find that have... Shit. Yeah. Wu- the Wu-Tang Clan were in a fighting game. With Bill Murray? There's a Wu-Tang... Well, no. No, that's what I'm saying. You got to get them together now. <laughs> Once again, doesn't matter what you make, people will buy that shit right now. Do it. Uh, that was Wu Tang Shaolin style or Wu Tang Taste the Pain. I take it. <laughs> oh my glory! That is an amazing logo. I am not surprised to find that they've been in video games like that. Was kind of a thing. Oh my goodness! Here's here's the best little detail as far as the podcast goes. Wu Tang Shaolin style uses a unique game engine created by who? Jeb. <laughs> Created, you asked for the company? Or? The company that created... <laughs> it's the definitely company? odd. Uh, Microsoft. THQ? It's a company called Paradox Development. So, oh. Who are not Paradox Entertainment. Not Paradox Should Entertainment. Not. In fact, Paradox, Entertain- Paradox Development changed their name to Midway Studios and are now responsible oh. for... Oh, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Ah. That explains why uh, Wu-Tang <laughs> Shatland Style is such a good game. Yes! <laughs> Oh, 
goodness me. We provide the weird and wonderful historical context video games don't normally get. Oh, does that mean this game was also made with that, like, amazingly bad photo sprite style? From yes. Oh, oh, my goodness. Photo cap fight games are a deep vein of weird. Best vein. <laughs> we need more. We need more there's, of those. There's one photo cap fight game, which is like the Jackie Chan duels adventure or something like that. Oh, I remember this. And in that, you can play as a bunch of characters and Jackie Chan. And the boss <laughs> is three Jackie Chans. <laughs> hey, they knew their market. <laughs> three different Brett Jackie Chans cheating in three different ways. <laughs> Well, Jackie Chan is sort of allowed to cheat. Like, that's part of his character. <laughs> he, he's not like, I am amazing kung fu guy who can never do anything wrong in a fight. He's more like, ah, fuck. I'm gonna get my ass kicked. Shit, 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 shit. They won't show me in the States anymore. <laughs> that's that's why he stopped making films centered in the United States. Oh, that's wow. why that. Rush Hour 2, I think it was, had to be filmed entirely in Hong Kong. Because any insurance companies for film sets in the United States said, what, does his own no, stunts, yeah, no. and he's in his fifties, yeah. Oh, I see. And and he <laughs> wants to do what with a shipping container? What? No, no, what? no, no. Wait, uh, harsh. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. You're too valuable to insure. <laughs> You realize that if we took, if we, t- if you took out a five hundred thousand dollar policy, with our calculations, if something happened, you'd get back twenty five dollars. <laughs> the odds are against you being against you surviving here. And, and I mean, the guy does injure himself on set all the time. So it's all not the just, time. So it's not just a matter of killing himself; it's just a matter of oh, no. wait, Jackie Chan is now injured and can't work by our standards. Can't work for six months. We're out six months of what Jackie Chan could be. Earning. <laughs> it's a really interesting uh, yeah. side effect, and and apparently the Hong Kong government subsidizes Jackie Chan's insurance. So, <laughs> <laughs> at that point, are you technically a national treasure? Oh God, yeah. <laughs> Even though Hong Kong is definitely not a city, it's definitely not a country. Please don't get mad. It's China. <laughs> Mighty Beijing is the only capital of China. I, I obviously, I think the listener is China, Talon. <laughs> yeah, but if the listener the is in- China, I entire nation is listening to this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Every single person in China is listening to this con- this podcast. Hello. They talking shit about Jackie Chan. That was that was but yeah, uh and the Wu Tang clan. <laughs> well that was a sidetrack, wasn't it? We have been doing this podcast now for a year. Oh my Why? gosh. That's you know, at this point forty eight episodes with one mysterious ghost episode <laughs> that never happened and one episode that was lost. We had to blow that episode's head up. Because it was blocking the other episodes from walking across the bridge. And what? So we See, killed what was, it. What was going on was that... Uh, We're not playing Lemmings. We, we, we had made our way to the rooftop, and there was the lost episode, and the imposter lost episode, <laughs> and in hand-to-hand combat, and we only had one bullet. We had to choose. <laughs> we lost the last episode that day. It's also been uh, it's also been a wonderful exercise from the editing perspective of editing out an air conditioner from one of the two tracks. <laughs> this is what you get when you record a podcast in Australia and, and Canada uh, at the same time. <laughs> Jeb, you know, hot summer evenings in Jeb's place are our cold, not cold winter. <laughs> our version of cold. It's cold with huge quotation marks around it. <laughs> You know those scenes in cartoons? It feels like minus 10 Celsius right now, and I have the window open. (laughs) 
My dog has very thin fur. Whereas here it gets to like four degrees and we're like, what happened? Where did the sun go? Is the sky dying? (laughs) Why has the sun god forsaken us? (laughs) On the other hand, it's 42 degrees in Melbourne right now and everyone is Christmas shopping. Yeah, because the shopping centers have a good sense to have air conditioning. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Actually, I think in Melbourne, most people's houses have air conditioning too. It's like when my sister moved to Queensland, she was like, ah, yes, it is really hot here now that you mention it, but there is no house without an air conditioner. Yeah, I understand a similar thing happens in Adelaide. Anyway, we have over about 150 hours worth of audio, most of which has been pared down. So the listener only gets about 50 hours of audio. <laughs> That, that is a whole lot of audio shitpost. Yep, yep. I would like to apologize on behalf of all three Munchlaxen for forcing town to cut roughly a hundred hours of my crap. <laughs> It has been quite an interesting year of doing this podcast. We understand the listener that you've enjoyed it to some degree or another. And we just... We understand that you've listened to it. Yeah. That you have the listened. <laughs> well, that's all we ask. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Fuck it. That's all. <laughs> yeah. And now it's time for Retro Gaming News. All the news that's fit to print for the year of 2015. Prince is dead. 2015, a year that is now almost over and we thought we should look back on and talk about the games we enjoyed the most throughout it. There are a lot of amazing games in 2015. Fox, what what did you think of games in 2015? <laughs> there are a lot of ga- great games in 2015. <laughs> I understand the best game of all time came out in 2015. <laughs> Still works. Still works. <laughs> This is the worst thing about when we have to retake and there's a joke of foxes that was good enough to remember. It slays you a second. Mm. <laughs> you so, know it's coming too. You know it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Fox. Yo. What are your game of the year of the years? Uh, of the year of the year? Yeah. Goatee of the year. I Goatee really of the year. play game of the year type games. It's like Rip in Peace. Who says Rip in Peace? Everyone I know. Nerds. Well, seriously? <laughs> yes. Like, okay, pin number I've heard, but... <laughs> That, that That is the point, just like Goatee of the Year. Yeah. Okay. ATM machine. Yep. So what, and, and the fact of the matter is, with video games, they don't go off. They're not like milk. If you played a game from five years ago this year, it can be your game of the year, because we're just talking about stuff we liked to do. <laughs> That's a pretty safe bet that my game of the year is from four years ago. What about Morrowind? That game kind of gets, doesn't play well nowadays. <laughs> Daggerfall curdled quite hard. <laughs> trying to remember if I played any Baldur's Gate 2 this year, but I think that was last year. Actually, I think that doesn't count. Actually, uh, now I'm thinking about it, I know one game that didn't just you know, go bad, it, it went to cheese. Uh, normality. That started off as cheese. No, no, when, normal- off as cheese. when Normality came out, there were reviews that were genuinely excited about it. It was like, oh, it's a it's an adventure game, but it's using an engine like Doom, and it's got like proper celebrities doing voice acting, and, and the celebrity in question was Corey. Feldman. Corey Feldman, proper celebrity. Not you, mate. Corey Feldman, legitimate actor. <laughs> you you say normality, I say total distortion. Yeah. Do you remember total distortion? Yeah. That's a video game. You know what else really didn't wear the time well? Siberia, spelt C Y B E R I A. Oh, okay. I was going to say because that's why we were. No, 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 no. C Y Siberia, the one where the protagonist is a, where the protagonist is an elite gamer who was arrested for gamer crimes. 
What, rage quitting? <laughs> because he was hacking into servers to use them to play video games. St- wait, what? In the in the high-tech dystopian future, using his wraparound sunglasses, which had a computer in them, and they Same. were and they were called I shit you not blades. I um nice. uh, uh sorry, point of inquiry here. Uh, were, were the games actually running? Were the servers actually running the games, or is this he could he could hack into a server and make it run a game for he him? Could, he could hack into a server and install Minecraft on it. <laughs> <laughs> I I could do that on my own computer. Nineteen ninety four rail shooters. All right, give them a break. <laughs> Hello, sewer shark. So Fox. Yeah, you were asking me a question, huh? Yeah. What's your games of the year of the year? <laughs> Um, let me see. What have I really loved this year? Well, Hyrule Warriors was the game that ate the most of my time. <laughs> Which, just for a quick rundown for the listener, because we're going to do this for all the stuff we've talk- we're talking about <laughs> today. Um, check all the previous podcasts. I talk about it in most of them. No, that's no, no, that. No, no. I'm sorry. Cop out. Piking out, yes. All right. Um, Hyrule Warriors is a Zelda spinoff where you play all the cool characters. Well, except number We play all the other coolest characters from the Zelda from franchise and beat the shit out of monsters and bad guys and stuff um and it's all very silly you can fight with a horse it's a muso game yes yes it is yeah it's part of that wonderful type of video game that's sort of genre templated which is you know we we have an aesthetic and you you can know about the aesthetic and we have a style for play and you can know about the style and it's basically just do you like these two things together yeah get this game there's a lot of it for you i do enjoy that it's, whole it's, it's a muso game <laughs> They have a word for that. It's a Muso game. I do enjoy that whole crossover attitude that comes specifically out of Japan, where it's like, okay, uh, we we have a game franchise, but you can have that based on, like, the fluff elements of a game, or you can have that based on the mechanics of a game, so you can have, you know, Pokemon X, uh, Nobunaga's Conquest. No, Nobunaga's Ambition, that's what it's called. Or you can have Zelda X Dynasty Warriors, or fucking Atelia X Dynasty Warriors. (laughs) That's gonna be incredible. Or Fire Emblem X Mega Ten, though that one is making me sadder the more I see of it, but that's not the point. Transformers by Platinum Games. Yeah. (laughs) Transformers by Platinum Games Oh my god, I can't wait for that shit. Yes! <laughs> Guess what? Our post Christmas money's gonna get spent on. Roar! <laughs> Box gets to be Grimlock. <laughs> Me, Grimlock, it's on a... Boxing Day discount. <laughs> and that's the true spirit of Boxing Day. <laughs> Uh, You're good yeah, very fun game. Some of the best looking renditions of the characters, especially fucking the Impa design from this game is awesome. I love it. Um, and you should play it if you like Zelda and you should play it if you like Warriors. And also they left out the voice acting, which makes me really happy. I like I like Warriors games and I like Zelda and I have a Wii U, so I should get Hyrule Warriors. Oh, definitely. Does it have a multiplayer? Um, it has a local multiplayer, not an online multiplayer. In adventure mode, you can see your friends who have the game popping up on your map. And, you know, if you go and do that mission, you get extra rewards or some junk. It's like, help your friend. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but it it doesn't actually... I think it sends them a reward if you finish the mission successfully as well, so you both get something. But you don't actually get to play together, unfortunately. I'm really torn on this because I love local multiplayer and I'm always pissed off when the only multiplayer in a game is online. But now I really want online multiplayer. 
player as well. <laughs> oh, they All finally it took got you. A Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how well you could manage it, at least in this country, though. Like, I can't imagine our connection keeping up with the the speed of action in this. The fucking uh, Wii U gamepad occasionally has trouble keeping up with the action wow. if you're playing with it rather than on a normal screen. <laughs> so yeah, I, I can't imagine that going over a phone line. <laughs> but other countries have good telecommunications infrastructure, so maybe it would work for them. Maybe it would. I hear people play the Smash Brothers online, so it must be theoretically possible. I played the Smash Brothers online. I lost. <laughs> <laughs> I would too if it's any consolation. I understand that's kind of what Smash Brothers Online is for. <laughs> Finding a strange robot that will kick your ass. Well, pretty pretty soon I'll be able to get on uh, I'll be able to go online with Smash Brothers, play as Palutena and get stepped on by Bayonetta. So <laughs> Oh, that is the fetish of many people in Talon's Twitter feed. Hidden features. <laughs> hidden features, you say? Hey, my friend, Ajeb. <laughs> Hello, it is me, Ajeb, your friend. What kind of games of the year of the year have you been thinking about this year? Uh, the games of the year of the year that I have been thinking about this year. First of all, Regency Solitaire always deserves <laughs> mention as game of the year of the year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because that that visual novel card solitaire game is charming and endearing and is so easy to play that you can just sink hours upon hours upon hours into it. (laughs) I do love when other games get tacked onto visual novels. Like, you know, here's everything you like about a visual novel. And some, you know, some more gamey gameplay if you happen to fancy that. Brilliant! Did Did I ever tell you about Black Closet? No. I don't think I know that one. Black Closet is the 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 detective uh, private schoolgirl um, visual novel slash uh, detective like searching mystery unraveling game. Yeah. Oh, like a point and clicky kind of thing. No, dice game. Oh. You have skills and stuff that you level up, and then you use them to like investigate other girls' rooms for things like, uh, say, if one of them has been stealing homework or is hooked on crack. <laughs> Um, <laughs> There's oh, a bit of a jump. I was just going to say sex toys. <laughs> I haven't gotten that far yet, but you do get to go. You do get to to go on dates with the other girls in the student council. <laughs> it's a it's a like a film noir visual novel full of gay school girls. <laughs> yes. Well, damn. <laughs> Good times. Speak speaking of Talon's Twitter feed. Yeah, that's... <laughs> that one's getting mentioned. But yeah, so Regency Solitaire is still good. Regency Solitaire is delightful. Right. And um, if you have the, if it's if it's something you're interested in, if you like just charming casual games, pick up Regency Solitaire. You'll be really happy you did. All right, that's one of my goatees. Talon, what's, what's a goatee? I guess one of my goatees of the year has to be the Swindle. Never heard of it. It came out in July, and I stopped playing it in November, and somehow in that period of time I sunk about 200 hours. Are there that many hours between July and November? Yes. Where have they been hiding? Well, you hid them in Hyrule Warriors. Oh, shit. Fox isn't great at math. Anyway. (laughs) I'm especially bad at time maths. Uh... The Swindle is a kind of sticky stealth platform game, which does a nice job of splitting its stealth action between slow, methodical, creeping, make a plan and get in kind of jewel robbery and shit, I've been noticed, (laughs) shit, 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 all the alarms are going off, getting out again. And now here's a giant police robot opening the roof of the building. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I think that with six months gone, the spoilers can be... There's no spoiler alert to be worried about. (laughs) The the police send 
send freaking flying robots to come and shoot you. I'm not sure you can spoil a game mechanic. <laughs> that's an interesting discussion for another time. Well, when when it, when it first came out, I asked. Uh, I remember asking a reviewer who'd gotten a copy of it. Well, how do they how do they keep you? Uh, <laughs> how do they escalate? How do they escalate that if you're capable of avoiding the ground based uh, guards? And the response is, "You'll find out." <laughs> <laughs> Boy, howdy, did I find out? <laughs> yeah, I have to say, most of the time that I saw you playing the swindle, it was in the shit, 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 shit. <laughs> Uh, also, special note about the swindle: the music does a fantastic job of the same music piece for, for working for the creeping section, and then a amped up version of it for the shit, shit, shit phase. Yeah. It works really well. I really loved it. Um, also, friend of the show, Luis worked on it. Mm-hmm. I understand that one of the achievements in the swindle is going to become legitimately available in about a week. That's true. You don't have to cheat for it like I did. Uh, <laughs> it's called "You're a Mean One," and it's if you rob a po- one of the poorest houses on Christmas Eve. <laughs> so, if you're an achievement, so hunter, you have you have a few days to get this game. Yep, and it's really a good game. I do I do definitely recommend trying it out. Um, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I don't normally sink into games like that. It may tell and give a shit about achievements, which was a new development for this year, really. Also, if you want something that you can. Uh, watch grow in the same way of a sort of a slow, patient city builder kind of game. I found that watching my thief's abilities and my thief's bank vault get bigger and bigger and slowly pile up a giant heap of cash was very satisfying, (laughs) but it didn't require constant attention the way a lot of other games do. So that was just a thing for me. Hey, Fox, what about your next game of the year of the year? Me again? I mean, I've been playing a lot of other games this year. Um... And, and a lot of them held my attention pretty well, but I don't know if I'd call any of them, like, contenders for my favorite games. Rune Factory 4 is pretty great, but there's a lot of things about it that kind of bug me as well. Really glad I have it, but I don't know. What else have I sunk a lot of time into this year? Italia, Aisha? No, uh, Esker and Logi this year. Mm. <laughs> game has such silly names. It really does. <laughs> Which, once again, really fun. Um... I love how they've got the anime character as 3D model aesthetic down. The animations are still pretty dodgy. I mean, we are not good at natural-seeming animations in most <laughs> realistic games. They're just crap. But they've, they've certainly got the look. You take a screenshot of this and it's almost as nice as if they'd drawn it, which was pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, Gives you a giant pile of stuff to borrow into. <laughs> It's, uh, well, it's an Atelier game, so there's the, the surface level stuff, and the the game itself is relatively easy to draw to the conclusion of, and then there's like six different replay goals, all of which are mutually exclusive, and you find out that you're terrible at alchemy, because <laughs> it's your first time through the game, and you understood nothing. <laughs> now go back and do it better. That's really interesting. Yeah, I don't half mind it since the game itself is pretty short. There are one too many sort of cutscene things, but at least they let you skip them, unlike some games I could mention. Do you wind up fighting God at the end of it all? Uh, define God... Okay, if I say define God, that pretty much means yes, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it pretty much does. Almost certainly. Alright. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and think about other games I've played. In the meantime, Jeb, what else did you have? I was going to talk about Rito and the Memories until I realized I wasn't talking until I started talking now. <laughs> I'll just take Rito and the Memories off my list. <laughs> <laughs> Rito and the Memories is uh, kind of like Snatcher. 
It's a it's a, a text parser uh, adventure game set in the cyberpunk future, but this isn't you know damp, moldy, depressing looking cyberpunk future. This is very colorful and very welcoming and diverse, and also has really endearing characters such as the the main character robot Turing. Yes. <laughs> Wait a minute. Can it be cyberpunk if everyone's not a miserable bastard? Yes. Sure. Technically, it's neo cyberpunk. Ah, that I would buy. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, I would purchase that. I understand that. I was going to say, you don't have to buy it. We have it. <laughs> Do we? Yes. No one brought it to my attention. I, this is the first I've heard of it. I didn't bring it to your attention about the third time I threw a brick at a window and watched Turing correct me on it. No! There's the, there's this wonderful... Why you, not? You've got this wonderful sidekick character, Turing, and I'll let Jeb explain more, but if you try and... In, in typical... In typical point-click adventure tradition, you can try and use items on other items and they won't do anything. And if you try and do it a lot, Turing will actually take the item off you momentarily and go, What are you doing? (laughs) You don't understand, it's a brick, there's a window, this is in my DNA. (laughs) Why would you even do this? (laughs) One of the first things Turing says to you, just to explain how personality-filled this game is, one of the first things that Turing says is, well, you're not the only person who could help me, but I worked out the statistics, and you're probably my only bet, my only chance. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, it's like, eh, <laughs> Also, this is a game where, for example, one of the NPCs is a furry robot's civil rights lawyer. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Also, visually, it looks like something Tezuka designed. Oh, wow. Okay. It looks really good. Like, really consistent, lovely pixel art aesthetic. You can go to the bar and order a soft butch. Talking about (laughs) Jeb's best game of the year. (laughs) This is the game that I recommended for the actual game of the year that I have to vote on. I have to uh, discuss. Yeah. So, read uh, read Only Memories. Um, It was made by Midboss. Go check it out. It's... It has a demo. You can meet Turing. You can click on things. You can find out if it's your sort of game. It has wonderful music. Yes, the music's great. Um, if you're a fan of, uh, if you're, if you have fond memories of Snatcher, this plays a lot like Snatcher, and you won't be disappointed. Yeah. Also, if you're of that particular generation of PC, the early wave of translated Japanese adventure games coming to the PC, where uh, the the interface was trying to cram as much as it could on as many reusable assets, and then so you've got this very consistent interface and these really nicely drawn pictures sitting in the middle of the page. Mm-hmm. I do really like both of those things. Yeah, you'll you'll like this game, I think. Right. So uh, on that note, listener. Uh, tell your wife about it. Don't keep it a goddamn secret. <laughs> that seems like good advice. I should take that if I were the listener. <laughs> so, Talon, what about you? I guess my second game of the year of the year would technically be two games, because, you see, I've been playing a lot of Hotline Miami this year. <laughs> Never heard of it. Wait, I already used that joke. <laughs> <laughs> I already heard that joke. Fuck <laughs> She's dunking left and right, scoring <laughs> hits at will. I'm awake today. <laughs> and I'm not. Uh, um, no, the, the Hotline Miami... I, I played the original Hotline Miami in 2013, wrote up about it with the main concern of, I like this game, but I don't want to say I like this game, because this game is really violent and kind of gross. <laughs> and I worry about what that says about me, coupled with... The game's primary engagement is frustration and obstinance. 
<laughs> it really is a game about building up to your own personal threshold of, fuck it, YOLO! And managing to pull it out. And here we have it when Talon on record said YOLO. Oh god, no! Ah. No! Then I also conscripted the help of a international smuggler, technically, to get myself a copy of Hotline Miami 2. Accomplished international smuggler. An accomplished international... Yeah, yeah, this is... Wasn't this person's first rodeo? Oh my goodness, it was... Yeah, it was definitely very cool. Um, oh, Talon, you know some dangerous people. I really do. What is this sexy criminal underworld you have been drawn into? I'm not I'm not going to draw any particular conclusions, but the smuggler in question was quite a scruffy nerf herder. I wrote... Uh, I was inspired to return to Hotline Miami this year. I don't really remember why. I think I was just feeling kind of nasty and grungy, and that was... <laughs> That, that game gave me that experience again in a way that I felt was very separate and insular like no one needed to I, I didn't need me playing it online or in a shared <laughs> space it just worked yeah well it's okay to just want to belt the shit out of things in a video game sometimes anyway that meant that I wrote this year a series of five articles about Hotline Miami and the experience of relating to that game which uh periodically people contact me and say this was a really good article you should have submitted it somewhere so that's <laughs> that's nice also then playing Hotline Miami 2 which I have more opinions and more thoughts on, but mostly it boils down to it's much, much smarter about what it is than I thought it was going in. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, when I saw other people's reviews of that, I had the impression that it was just kind of like the dumb sequel where they, you know, gave the fans all the closure and went, yeah, we'll just explain everything. And, you know, it's no longer an, an intriguing, open-to-interpretation scenario where your guess is as good as mine. No, this is what happened and it's all pretty stupid. <laughs> and it wasn't that at all. It's like, yeah, this could have been what happened, but how sure are you? <laughs> Everything is glowing and neon and trailing lights, and two of these things could not possibly have happened at yeah. the same time. What happened? I don't know. Do you? Good. Good for you. <laughs> I'm not sure. You are familiar with unreliable narrators, right? Yeah. Also, as far as jokes go, the very best part of it is that Hotline Miami 2, the very last screen the game will show you when you finish it, is it flashes up the original menu, except it's all in Robocop-style text, and it says Hotline Miami 3. <laughs> That's fucking perfect, because I have the theory that Hotline Miami 2 was like a movie sequel would have been to the Hotline Miami 1 movie. Like, the first one was just kind of mean and vicious and indie and, and artistic and surprising, and the second second one was like you know bloated and a lot more obvious and just like yeah let's throw in all this shit which is exactly what happens to yeah you know out of nowhere yeah. smash hit violent indie action movies so the third one <laughs> would be like disturbingly family friendly compared to the other <laughs> two the third one is where they just go all in on silly and you run around with a dildo bat <laughs> God bless you, Saints Row. <laughs> and there's, like, cute furry people at the end. <laughs> Spoiler alert for next year. My, uh, my, my 2016 goatee is, uh, is, uh, super hot, which is going to be a lot like that. <laughs> I, I admit I am really interested to see Super Hot. I'm hoping they pull some sort of Frog Fractions bullshit and it turns out at the end of Super Hot, it's like, yeah, this is Hotline Miami 3. <laughs> nice job catching up, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> That would be kind of amazing. That. Anyway, Fox. I can see that. <laughs> I don't, well, since you mention it, Saints Row 4! Hey! Hell yeah! That's a segue! Fox has played a triple A game! <laughs> Is it triple A? 
Yeah. It was kind of double A and wearing expensive clothing. Uh, it, it was the last hurrah of THQ as a, as a triple A franchise house. It didn't do enough. Saints, ah. Saints, Saints Row 4 is a triple A title. It's, 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 it's wearing the fancy suit. It just also happens to be wearing a dick hat. I played Century 4. It's wonderful. It's, uh, this is one of those games that does make me go, I don't think I can go back and finish the previous one mm. now, because if I can't fly, I'm just gonna be like, fuck this. <laughs> Uh, yeah, wow. I've never felt so much like I was playing City of Heroes since City of Heroes closed. <laughs> Just like... I mean, you can't fly in Saints Row 3, in Saints Row the 3rd, but... No, no, well, you glide. Can get a, you can get a hover bike. You can get a jet oh, bike. Oh, uh, Vehicles, bullshit. <laughs> with, uh, with, with Saints Row 3, we pointed at there, there are some things in that the game that, you know, really, with hindsight, should have been done differently. Yeah, I could have done without any of the missions related to hookers, for example. Yeah, and... They were not well handled and Zemo and just yeah Zemos can just yeah, fuck yeah it, let's, let's let's not talk about that uh, and Saints Row 4 excises <laughs> them you don't gone yep. awesome we're not gonna talk about that moving on here's a nuclear <laughs> bomb fix it uh, defeat terrorism forever <laughs> <laughs> and that's your tutorial there's a there's an old joke about God of War, which is you know yes I've torn I've torn the head off this leviathan and now I'm beating it to death with the mast of a ship as I slide down the spine of an ancient god. It's like is this the last level? This is the first level. Uh, four is a bit of a slow burn. Like okay, the intro is like, but then you have to catch up. For a while. Yeah, fair enough. It's got a good arc. Uh, good characters too. Great <laughs> <Even>. music. <laughs> yes, and I. I think I said so on the podcast before, but I fucking love the fact that it's always night yeah. in the city, mm-hmm. which makes the music work so well. The whole thing is a night drive, except you're not in a car, you're running at super speed, making shit That's blow like... up. Nice. Uh, was so good. Also, just as a tiny point of history, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper was in that game, and he passed away this year. Did he? Yeah. Aww. And that's it's kind of awesome, though, that we have that thread of continuity connecting. <laughs> Where he's actually being in himself yeah <laughs> uh, I, I failed to appreciate his bits uh as other people would because i'm not it's not even that i'm not a wrestling fan it's that i'm not familiar with any wrestling jokes basically yeah in I, that case it was a movie thing i can grok the surface level uh hulk hogan type jokes and mm. that's about it mm-hmm. hulk hogan is also in saints row games yeah <laughs> so. hulk hogan is also a joke uh, yeah, I, I did think Jeb knows a lot more about wrestling than I do. <laughs> Jeb, what are your other games? Are any of them wrestling games? No. <laughs> Good wrestling games haven't come out in a long time. <laughs> but at least you'd be a fair judge, unlike me. My AAA goatee. Because I played, actually, despite playing God knows how many independent games, I did find some time to play some AAA titles this year. Yeah? Through the, the through the uh, through the last through, through November, my AAA game of the year was going to be Fallout Four, and, then... and Fallout Four is really fun because you get to build settlements and explore the wasteland, and there's lots of amusing characters, and you can modify all of your guns, name all of your guns, and <laughs> it's a really fun experience, and I had a lot of fun playing it. And then I got the game that I talked about earlier in this podcast, Xenoblade. which is Xenoblade Chronicles X. Oh, yes, okay. <laughs> which is, uh, it's Monster Hunter meets Dinosaur Planet meets Dragon's Dogma. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. It's a game where you can, it's a game where 32 schoolgirls can form a squad, carry Gatling guns to, to fight off, uh, fight off giant space monsters, and then go run and play amongst the other huge, like, brontosaurus type dinosaurs on the planet. That's amazing. <laughs> I know I keep asking you questions about this like you're the dispenser of all knowledge, but, uh, let's say I'm not so huge on schoolgirls and I would in fact like to play a giant brute woman. Any options for that? Um, there you can make them tall. You can make characters taller or shorter, but everyone kind of has a particular build that ah, okay. they're not tiny. They're not like super slender. Still got the like the the women still have have a bit of uh, curvature to them. It's better than nothing. It's better than just stick figure. Like at least I can be taller. However, than you can dress. However, you don't have to. You don't. You can. Since you can, uh, you can modify your armor, like, or you can, uh, you can transmog your armor however you want. You can still have them look like trucks. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Because some of the armor does, in fact, resemble mech suits. <laughs> Fuck! I so clearly have to get this game. How did I not know about this? I I feel really silly about that myself. <laughs> I just, you know, I saw you could we, you could you could have your character like dress like her her entire uh, uh, uniform be like just giant mech parts, <laughs> and then her weapon, her melee weapon, is a shield. <laughs> I do like a good shield bashing character. I've had fun with that. And moments. the shield bearing character's gun is the aforementioned Gatling gun. <laughs> uh, that's. These, by the way, are the we- these are the default weapons of the thirteen-year-old mechanic girl I mentioned earlier. <laughs> I've been playing more and more Xenoblade Chronicles X since since the the recording interruption that happened, and it just keeps getting better. <laughs> yeah. I, I ran into a there there are special versions of the animals called tyrants, which are Ooh. named. They're named, and they have special abilities, or they're stronger, or whatever. I ran into one that was basically a crab, and it was named something something the delectable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you get tyrant versions of the friendly animals as well? Uh, there is, uh, I have seen, like, a level 72, like, sky whale, which is, I'm pretty <laughs> sure, uh, uh, which was a tyrant, and I'm pretty sure is pacifist, is an herbivore. So, awesome! I should stop asking you questions I also read, about this. I, I should just I fucking actually, get the game. I don't know. It's been it's been very helpful. <laughs> I do highly recommend it. Obviously. <laughs> and the thing is, if I keep I'm asking having, questions, I, I'm not going to discover anything on my own. And it sounds like that would be a lot of fun. There's a lot to discover. By the way, as far as you also okay. you also get you also get a sprint jump in it. I'm not sure if I mentioned it, but there's a sprint jump. And the sprint jump sends you like fifteen feet in the air, hmm. and there's no fall damage. <laughs> <laughs> there is no fall damage in the game. You could jump off the highest building and land on your feet. Excellent. This is what we call the City of Heroes principle. <laughs> City of Heroes had fall damage, Alan. Yeah, but it couldn't kill you. Yeah, that's true. However, if you fall and then get into a fight with something that's much higher than you, <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I did, yeah. I did jump off. I jumped off a built of a building. I jumped off a cliff once, and then. Accidentally landed right beside a level 55 tyrant. <laughs> it stepped on me and I died. <laughs> <laughs> Seems kind of like, legit, oh, that's, really. That's, that's a Satan. Oh, no, that's Satan. <laughs> you could pass up a game with random Satans. Alright then. It's great. Sounds like Mega Me <laughs> So, Talon, do you have a third goatee of the year? I do, and it's sort of another cheaty one in that. 
Wizards of the Coast, barring for all the complaining I've been doing about Battle for Zendikar, they fucking knocked <laughs> it out of the park this year. Gans. Magic the Gathering Online. Because, of course, for me, Khan's kind of really started when all the draft chaff had really sunk down in price <laughs> and I could buy it. Uh, but January period, playing Khan's and Fate Reforge and then Dragons, and okay, Dragons had disappointments in it, but it was still interesting and there was still so much cool stuff. And Khan's was just really cool. And then the additional element of, uh, of of what was it modern masters coming um and, and mm 2015 yeah mm yeah. 2015 having another impact so people were doing a whole bunch of extra drafting which meant suddenly there are even more toys in the multiplayer pool to play around with and then a conspiracy set so not conspiracy uh, then a commander set where suddenly a whole bunch of even more cards are thrown into the pool. It's just like, this is all interesting shit. This is just really cool. I may complain about Battle for Zendikar, but I think part with of... With good reason. Yeah, with good reason. But I do think a part of that is that what they had the rest of the year was a fucking blinder. <laughs> you forgot Magic Origins. I did. I, I. How about that? I forgot Magic Origins. <laughs> it's that good a year. <laughs> That good a year, with the she... exception of them making the wrong choice about Khan's time travel. Oh yeah, yeah, I, you know, they, they made a mistake. Not my Khan's. <laughs> Hashtag not my Khan's. Yeah, um, and I don't think I have another one after that, unless I want to talk about middleware. So I'm I gonna, have another one. I'm going to pass to Fox. Uh, Fox, do you have any remaining games of the year of the year? I did have one more, which is I really enjoyed Ori and the Blind Forest. <laughs> it's so fucking pretty. <laughs> it plays really nicely. It's grindingly difficult. <laughs> I bought an actual X360 controller for it because the translation program was fucking with me. <laughs> Just for that game! Uh, well, and, and Saints Row because my other controller was making me randomly punch people when I got close. <laughs> <laughs> Not inappropriate. Still annoying. <laughs> no, my boss doesn't randomly assault innocent people. Cars, yes. People, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Ori. Uh, Cars looking at me funny. Ah, uh, yeah, just, ah, uh, it's just, have you seen it? It's just beautiful. And it made me cry a fucking lot. And I, I, I'm, hmm, there's this whole controversy around the ending where people are like, oh, I thought it was really good and really deep, but, you know, then the ending, and it was like, oh, come on, that's bullshit. And it was a happy ending. No, <laughs> oh, I no. find those people to be humorless pricks. The adorable little white fuzzy thing was happy at the end of the story. Riot! This is... This... This isn't eco. <laughs> Pathos or we riot! Yeah, I... Uh, I understand that people have different tastes, and that's okay, and we all like something somber now and then, and that's fine. But I... I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but I have this thing where I hate when people conflate depth with suffering, and... Most of the reactions I've seen to Ori's ending seem to be along those lines, and I just want to say, fucking, let some joy back into your life, <laughs> you asshat. Ah, uh, oh, whatever. There's always gonna be miserable, bleak as fuck games for you out there. Don't despair. You'll yeah. have your next chance soon. Yeah, Dark Souls Three comes out. Next. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> and XCOM Two comes out in February if you want to fail a lot. Yeah. <laughs> XCOMs are pretty bleak, aren't they? I've got friends who are looking forward to failing so much. (laughs) Well, we also, well, you know, we also have Super Hot, yeah, as well. You're going to fail a lot in that. It's a different kind of failing. Like in XCOM, you fail, you get people killed. 
And super hot you fail, you get yourself killed. Well, consider right? as far... Yeah, yeah. But uh, consider that as far as failure and death goes, a Hotline Miami level on average is 90 seconds, and a failed one is on average half that. So 45 seconds. Yeah. And I have played that game for 50 <laughs> hours. Sure, but I mean... I've died a lot. Once again, the death in that isn't really bleak. It's... No, it's different. Frustrating different. and funny. For the most part. Does that does XCOM autosave? No. Okay. Yes. Oh, oh, it does? Yes. My bad. Fuck. Okay, yeah, it's officially more bleak than Fire Emblem. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can get people killed in Fire Emblem if you want, but you do get a choice, ultimately. There's also there's also the Iron Man mode and the Long War, which for XCOM, it, it sounds like work. <laughs> so I think there's a reason they call well, it the Long, the War, long is... War. Well, the Long War is a mod. Oh. I will say of uh, Nintendo's really quite interesting expansions into free-to-play microtransaction stuff, uh, Pokemon Picross is definitely the best one so far. Nice. Uh, But probably not the best one if you plan on putting zero dollars into it. It's the best one to put about seven bucks into. Fair enough. And that's pretty much our wrap-up of 2015. Next year, when we come back, we will do a retro gaming news running down 2015 as a year in whole, when we've had some time to really soak in what we think about stuff but just to give you a reminder of what happened in 2015 and this is just the wikipedia page yeah, it's just like a very full year remind me about some of these things Boy, howdy 2015 was a year in which we saw a release for franchises such as arno assassin's creed batman arkham battlefield call of duty disgaea dirt fallout fatal frame forza motorsport guitar hero halo heroes of might and magic hotline miami just cause king's quest kirby magic mario party mario vs donkey kong metal gear minecraft mortal kombat need for speed ollie ollie resident evil rock Band, Sleeping Dog, Starcraft, Star Wars, Star Wars Battlefront, Tales, The Witcher, Tomb Raider, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six, Tom Ho- Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, Total War, Toy Soldiers, Xenoblade Chronicles, Yakuza, Yoshi, Dying Light, Evolve, Life is Strange, Bloodborne, and Splatoon. Is my OK Cupid profile dead? <laughs> 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 Splatoon's not really a franchise yet. <laughs> it will be. I come to think of it, how are their inklings in Smash Brothers that's going to happen? Because they decided not to include them in the last Smash Brothers patch. Because Bayonetta's because there. Because fuck you, I guess. <laughs> Also, on the independent video games front, uh, major releases include Rocket League, Ori and the Blind Forest, Her Story, and the greatest video game of all time. <laughs> so, it's been a oh, pretty Read only year. memories. <laughs> it's been a pretty full fucking year. Like, the fact that Jeb played Metal Gear Solid 5 and Fallout 4 and still at the end of the year went, oh, I don't know, this other game's also really good. <laughs> Ma- to be fair, Metal Gear Solid 5 lost a lot of steam quick. <laughs> fair enough. Also, a fucking crack a year for English language visual novels. <laughs> this was a huge NaNoWriMo and, you know, yeah. there were tons more that came out over the year as well. It was really good times. And there was Yuri Jam towards the end of the year as well. Mm-hmm. Just fucking indie visual novel games everywhere and a bunch of them are really good. As a final part of this, you know, denouement for 2015, there have been some, just some historical events of significance that aren't game releases. Um, the creator of the Spec Ops series, Zombie Studios, shut down. Um, Joystick, the website, which was also responsible oh, yeah. for a bunch of sub sub websites, were shut down by AOL. The fact that AOL still owned them, you know, surprised <laughs> the me. The fact that AOL still exists, though, Engadget then kind of swooped in, yeah, took over Joystick. True. Well, there's uh, always going to be something else picking up the the traffic, but it's still meaningful when the big one folds. Electronic Arts officially, finally shut down Maxis. The- uh, the SimCity guys? The people who made SimCity, yeah. Ah, um, oh. 2K Australia, which was pretty much the 
last big AAA development studio in Australia shut down in no small part thanks to government policy. Yeah, yeah, we are an indie scene. Raven Software celebrated their 25th anniversary. And if you don't know who Raven Software are, they're the people who made Heretic and Hexen and a whole bunch of other derived off id software <laughs> indie games. I lo- Not I love id software, stuff. but an incredible simulation. They were the refiners. <laughs> id would make these amazing engines with these really tight games and then Raven were the people who would expand them and do these interesting things. I, I got no problem with this. I am fully in favor of that kind of... It's, it's remix culture for games, isn't it, basically? Yeah. yeah that, I yeah. got no troubles with that. The cancellation of Silent Hills led to Konami ah. delisting itself from the New York Stock Exchange. Christ. Which is kind of just a flat-out admission of, no, we want no part of this anymore. That's an amazing decision. Oh, Konami. Um, Sell Suikin into somebody, please. <laughs> BioWare celebrated their 20th anniversary. Uh, good for and them. look at all the things they did this year. <laughs> this is... Am I missing something? They haven't done shit this year, right? Nope. Yeah. They're probably making another massive DLC. I think there is... They are. I think there is some DLC for... Uh, for Dragon Age Inquisition this year. And, and to be fair... Oh, yeah, that! that after after DAI, you're kind of allowed to rest on your laurels a bit. <laughs> they have that. other teams. That's true. <laughs> uh... Tale of Tales, left gaming forever. No, really, y'all. We left. Don't you dare try and call us back, you ingrates. Uh, Please give us money. Yeah. People Can Fly, who used to be Epic Games Poland, the people who made Bulletstorm, they separated and they were given the IP as part of the separation. I'll say that's the best way that divorce could end. Yeah. You're uh, getting the rights to your favorite video game. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, since... You get the rights to the kid. Yeah, pretty much. You know, this is the main thing we developed with you. We can leave on it. Like, if the developers I... of Dead Space had had the chance to do that, I'd be pretty happy about that. Uh, Satoru Iwata, the president and CEO of Nintendo, died at the age of 55. Yeah, that was... That came out of nowhere, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, you made a great puppet, though. All the assets of the Ouya were purchased by Razor. Uh, <laughs> which, you know... Wait, if we're, talk- if we're talking about, about non-traditional video game consoles, are we going to have to talk about the, the Coleco Chameleon? No, no. That, we'll, talk about, we'll talk about that next year, because that's going to be a hell of a story. I can feel it in my bones. Yeah, you're going to have to tell me what the hell you're talking about. God, I hope it comes out. It sounds really good. It sounds like the worst thing. <laughs> Didn't Nvidia make a horrible gaming console as well? <laughs> Amazon. Nvidia made a made an Android uh, handheld console streaming device. Thing. Yeah, which is fine, I guess. Mm-hmm. I uh, guess. Jaeger Development, who are the people who made Spec Ops The Line, also filed for insolvency. Oh, I thought that was What's-His-Face that you mentioned earlier. No, who Zombie developed the franchise, ah, okay. and they outsourced it to Jaeger, and Jaeger made it, and then, yeah. Club Nintendo was discontinued. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, that's kind of a bummer. I, I want their replacement system, and I want it now. Yeah. I have this most excellent little Zelda carry case thing, which has become my equivalent of a handbag on occasions where I'm not allowed to wear a canvas satchel over my shoulder, like weddings and stuff. Activision Blizzard acquired King Digital. <laughs> Who's that? Candy Crush ones... Saga. Oh, fucking... Uh... For, like, what, four Minecrafts? Yeah, 5.9 was, billion. Was that, was that not this year? Oh, Minecraft, oh, no. I mean, Minecraft wasn't this year, no. It was last year? Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Paradox Interactive purchased White Wolf Publishing and all its assets, <laughs> including World of Darkness and Vampire the Masquerade, from CCP Games. Yes, yeah, the last bit of that that's the really <laughs> weird bit. <laughs> 
And I, I stand by the fact that it uh, probably should have been platinum. <laughs> they could definitely make an Exalted game. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, really, Exalted should be a Musou game in that it almost is already. But that's not the point. Uh, well, every franchise, every IP should have a Musou game and a platinum game made from it. <laughs> All of them. I buy All that. of them. Oh, holy fuck, Avatar Musou. The Steam Machine launched. Remember that? Remember? No. Yeah. No, the Steam Steam Machine. No. Yeah. No. Trolls. Trolls got nice. I guess. Yeah. Was this? Hang on. Uh, it's a computer made with console. Steam made horrible games console. Yeah. No, it's just a computer. Yeah. Uh, Kojima Productions was established, and a whole bunch of my friends started talking about how hot Kojima is now. I don't know. And now he looks a little bit sort of hipstery, I guess. If you like fluffy-haired middle-aged guys. And now he's the. Thi- They've got a staff of four people. They're going to make the biggest games in the world. They said. <laughs> sure, I hope that works out for them. I really do. Yeah, I I, I want ambition to be to pay off. It, I, I'd get great games if that worked. I just don't have any hope for it. I hope they learn how to make boobs not all saggy. Yeah. Um, Ken Levine That's opened his to... stupid suck hole and spewed <laughs> forth shit. <laughs> Fucking mistaking suffering for death. You want to talk about that? <laughs> Man, fuck that guy. We look both sides, though. <laughs> He's looking to make a vast open world in which you can now find the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I think by definition, when interviewed, can. When, when asked about his world, he said, "Well, it just takes some time, a little bit, a little bit, or run around." <laughs> <sighs> There's like five people who get that joke. Sorry, <laughs> I I just hope all the so, people who worked song on... called the middle. Now, I just hope all the people who worked on the art and the music for Bioshock Infinite go and get jobs with non-shitholes. Oh, oh, uh, a bunch of the people who worked on Bioshock Infinite went and made this year. They released uh, the Magic Circle. The Magic that game sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Does it look and sound good? It sounds amazing. No, it, no, oh no, the voice acting in that is amazing. Oh, oh that kind of amazing. No. Doctor Venture mm. is oh. a uh, maniacal mm. team lead who's meant to represent a sort of art over practicality douche nozzle. Yeah, Special but credit. he's not. <laughs> but yeah, he's not because well, he's just no. Anyway, I hope they make some they, good they, stuff they, then. They throw the they throw the character out, like right away. Oh, no, ah. the Ooh. game is really really bad. All right, well, get your shit together and make something better, you guys. Um, and now this one, this one is like I, I think we'll go out on this because it's almost. It's also like... one of those games that it's also one of those games that takes pot shots of people for being fans. Uh, <sighs> now, yeah, the magic circle is bad. Now here is this. This will this will be our. This we'll go out on this because it's as close to a punchline as we can possibly get. <laughs> Electronic Arts established competitive gaming division, a new division focused on esports, headed up by Peter Moore. Oh wait a minute. That... <laughs> That's not the community manager guy with the and the Hellgate London and no the, no, no right different guy no who's this guy Peter Moore is the guy responsible for the Dreamcast's marketing fuck <laughs> he doesn't what marketing I'm pretty sure the Dreamcast's marketing was Soul Calibur what marketing that is it for this year's final episode of the Downloadable Concept Podcast. Until sometime next year, that's been Fox. And that's been a whole year's worth of talent. And that's been Jeb. It's the week before Christmas, listener dear. We're thankful to have had you all through this year. Our time's almost up, so I must say so long. Merry Christmas to all, and I hate that hedgehog. <laughs> Merry Christmas! Christmas. <laughs>
happy war on Christmas. <laughs> Okay. You just want me to redo the line? Yeah. <laughs> this is this is a just point of law. about whether or not it would work. That's not the point. This is a point of law in the established Munchlax canon, after all. <laughs> Throw me something, just like you're introing me. Uh, and <clears throat> and because I can't think of a second Christmas Carol, Fox Lee. We three things have babbled so far. <laughs> This introduction's terrible. We're going to do it again. Yes. <laughs> nah, nah, tell us sweet. <laughs>